The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. All right, uh, tomorrow we've got wine wine, wine writer, journalist uh, Dan Fredman is going to be with us. We'll visit with our friends from the San Luis Obispo Symphony. Uh, Joe Brittingham will check the economy. Jerry Shea is going to pick the great uh, parks in California. Connie and Clint Pierce will join us on Thursday. County Supervisor Don Ortiz leg on Friday. Yes, I know, we're busy. Uh, we are joined this hour by Jennifer Martin, from Quest College and music musician extraordinaire uh, Dorian Michael. Uh, Jennifer, let's remind folks about Saturday, please. But first, ask Dan Fredman when you see him if he played bass in Los Angeles. Okay. <laughs> Is there a story there? Does does it involve uh, Ronnie Simons? <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Um, uh, this Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. at the CPAC at Cuesta College, uh, it's our annual acoustic guitar concert uh, featuring, featuring four of us, Lawrence Juber and Dorian Michael and Sam Shalhoub and myself playing a whole wide variety of solo guitar pieces with a little bit of singing thrown in here. And now. a little bit of electric. A little singing. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's top secret. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, you'll hear a little electric. Quest to CPAC, well. what time for the show? 7.30, and tickets are available at tickets.questa.edu. All right. And, and at the door. Lawrence Drew will be joining us shortly. Meanwhile, on the Stolberg Tatum text line, please list the five greatest guitarists ever, and would Dick <laughs> Dale make this list? I'm not going to hold you to five. Just give me a couple. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it, that's hard to do because it all depends on styles and stuff. So the the, the greatest players in the history of the world are uh, are, all, are classical players, right? So we're talking about people like Segovia and Julian John Bream Williams, and John Williams, Great John Williams, living classical person. guitar player from Australia. Absolutely. And all right, how about pop? Uh, in, in in pop land, uh, we well let's, let's what we're doing on Saturday night. The kind of things we're doing on Saturday night, we have. Lawrence Juber. We have um, Pierre Ben Suzanne, who uh, he's been here in town. Several people have seen him. We have the great Michael Chapdelaine, who who won all the contests. You, you guys are you. dodging the question. How about Glenn Campbell? <laughs> Glenn Campbell was a fabulous guitarist. He was my very first guitar role model. Les Paul. How about Les Paul? Superb. All right. He's not. He's not going to talk. How about, how about Dick? The texter wants to know about Dick Dale. Was Dick Dale, Dick Dale any was good? very influential because his, he had a style that was his own. I wouldn't say he was a great guitar player, but he was an idiosyncratic guitar player. He had his way of playing that sounded like not everybody else. And when those records became hits, then he, he became an important influence right. on everybody that came later. Like, how much reverb can you turn on on a amplifier? <laughs> and, of course, uh, Lawrence Juber would be on that list, wouldn't he? Absolutely. I, I believe so. Because right. he's just top-notch in, in so many ways. And as you're about Lawrence to is learn. so well, versatile. Well, good, because here he is. Lawrence Juber joins us <laughs> hey, now Lawrence. from Los Angeles. Lawrence, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Well, good. Thanks for being here. we got Jennifer here and Dorian here. We're just kind of setting the stage for Saturday. Aha. Uh-huh. Looking forward to it. Uh, so what are you going to be doing Saturday night? 
Uh, I expect to be playing guitar. Now, what, what can we look forward to, though? What are you going to be playing? I I haven't figured it out yet. Really? You know, I yeah, I'll I'll make a decision when you know when I get a sense of what everybody else is playing and just the shape of it. And there's a few things I, I feel. I, one of my regular concert tunes is my arrangement of uh, Pete Townsend's "Won't Get Fooled Again." Um, that's always a fun one to play. Wow! And you know, it's a few originals and and some arrangements. Um, we'll see. Will so there be a Beatles song? No, I'm, I I imagine there would be. You know, it's done, <laughs> I've done four albums of arrangements of Beatles tunes, so... So there's a chance yeah. then that something would show up. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, then, you know, being, being Beatles adjacent as I am, it's, uh, it's kind of inevitable that I'll, I'll draw on that repertoire. Is that, is that expected of you, Lawrence, given your association with Paul McCartney and the Beatles? Well, here comes Lawrence Gerber. He better do a Beatles song. <laughs> um, not, not always. Okay. I mean, there are... You know, there are. I've encountered a number of fans of my playing over the years. I had no idea I was even in Wings, um, just because the fingerstyle guitar world is so distinct from the rock and roll world. Um, but, um, but you know, generally there's an association there, and and I think it's because I've also kind of made it something of a specialty to arrange those songs because they're just so. They have so much resonance to them. And they're still being performed in 2023, which to me, as a non-musical person, is a testimony to the great music that the Beatles created. Yeah, I mean, I think that they'll, you know, that it's a little like Shakespeare. It just is one of those things, one of those art expressions that's never going to go away. Yeah. Uh, because it's so representative of its time period. That's right. That's right. Um, but, but, but nonetheless transcends the time period because it's so just, it's got so much mojo. Right. That's right. I think um, there's so much connection with the Roots music. They kept so much connection with the Roots music that, that they experienced, and they kept it in their music so that there's a foundation to it that will make it timeless. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, I, I, I approached Lawrence about um, spending time with lessons with him, aside from the Wings thing. When, when I first met him, I didn't even know about his Wings Association. I was, I was never really particularly into the band. Um, and, but I, I knew him as this you know, state-of-the-art fingerstyle guitar player, which I wanted to be. And so uh, the first few times I was, I was down at the house for lessons, uh, I was just focused on this. And one day I looked up and saw Grammy Awards and a platinum record. And I went, oh, oh, this guy. <laughs> you know, and, and, and then learned more and more about Lawrence and found out he recorded with, besides Paul, a total of three of the four Beatles. Um, so his, his background is just so immense in a whole different world than mine. Yeah. Oh, oh, Lawrence, it begs the question, how is Jennifer on the guitar? Oh, Lordy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed watching her develop as a, as a guitar player. Um, you know, because she's already she already brought a great deal of musicality to it. So um, it was uh, I, an interesting path to 
connect her existing musical understanding and and mastery of it um, in her own fields, you know, as a as a as a musician, but to connect that with with fingers on strings and how to bring out the deeper levels of musical expression on the guitar. So um, I, I applaud her for her dedication to it. And, uh, you know, the proof is that she is very, very capable of getting up in front of an audience and performing. And, and you know, I'm thrilled that she does, you know, play some of my arrangements and compositions. But as all, I've encouraged her with her own compositions, too. So, um, yeah, right. she's, uh, she's definitely on the path. Mm. What, are you, what are you working on these days, Lawrence? What, what has occupied you lately? Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, during COVID, because I couldn't tour, um, I, I was doing Facebook Live, what I call Tea Time with LJ. I was doing that three times a week, huh. uh, which was really kind of like a kind of cyber woodshedding for me. I mean, it was, you know, having an audience out there in, in cyberspace that... I could challenge myself with coming up with instant arrangements of tunes because it might have been, let's say, Carol King's birthday, and I came up with an arrangement of Pleasant Valley Sunday, um, for example. Um, that I've been doing a lot of studio work. I'm producing. I've got a whole bunch of arrangements of standards that I, I'm getting ready to record. And I finally, after something of a compositional drought, have been getting back into writing my own tunes. I just scored a, a short movie. I'm, I've been asked to do another one. Um, just really kind of staying busy. Plus, um, I have a couple of different ensembles. I have a trio um, that I played with last week here in L.A. at McCabe's Guitar Store, which is kind of our famous, legendary acoustic venue uh, with upright bass and drums for that and I've recorded in that format on a number of my albums and then I also have uh, I have my band Airfoil um, Paul McCartney is not comfortable with any of the former members using the name Wings but as a wing is an airfoil I, I kind of uh, took it to that level and, and uh, played we played a benefit a couple of days ago and uh, Lining up a few more, and it's in the the context where I actually get to play band on the run and jet and the you know that repertoire, but but still my first love really is is playing solo, huh. um, you know because that way I, I I'm kind of I set the agenda, but but I have to say that you know my parallel life as a rock and studio electric guitar player you know has never gone away. Um, and I thoroughly enjoy that too, but I'm, that's, I'm much more uh, dependent on other circumstances, whether it's you know, appropriate gigs or, or studio work that comes in, or, or you know, it just the logistics of playing solo are, are so much more manageable. Yeah. What was what was it uh, with Paul McCartney as a guitarist? How good was he? Well, I'm Paul's an excellent musician, and he can pretty much make music on anything he he wants to. I mean, his first instrument was trumpet, hmm. uh, which didn't last very long, um, and then his, then it was drums, uh, and then guitar. So he was a guitar player long before he was a bass player, uh, and a very very capable 
guitarist. I mean, you only have to look at those um, Beatles songs where he played lead guitar, for example, Taxman. You know, it's a great example of, of Paul kind of moving into the psychedelic kind of uh, area, you know, very early on. I mean, that was recorded, I think, before I'd even heard, before Jimi Hendrix had even turned up in London. Um, so, you know, he very capable. But, but when I was in the band, I mean, I was lead guitarist. So I had a fair amount of leeway to come up with, you know, on the, the new material to come up with my own parts. Um, and, you know, quite delightful at times to be able to sit in the studio and, and play with Paul, where he would be playing guitar, too. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, he's, he's a master of what he does. And, but it's all at the service of his songwriting and, and, mm -hmm. and performing. And, you know, he doesn't, I, I, he's not going to sit down like I do and, you know, sight read through renaissance loop music or whatever I mean, that's no. not his that's not the context of his uh his musicianship there's a, a fascinating spot on the b-side of abbey road of course right lj that um uh, on the end i guess it is where, where he and john and george are trading choruses there it's fascinating right. how how they play differently and yet how they all play super competently well you know i think that you know, and having had you know an extensive career as a studio musician, and being very aware of the creative energy that you know, if I can picture them in Abbey Road figuring out how that was all going to flow together. And you know, John, who was not really a lead guitar player, could still rise to the occasion as he did also with um, Get Back. Yes. where he's playing the, the lead guitar stuff. I mean, I think that they, they just had this remarkable aptitude to focus their musicianship in the studio at the service of the record making and, you know, really make it happen. Um, I remember one of my very first recording sessions in London was for an artist named Cleo Lane, great jazz singer, and, and George Martin was producing. And we were working on a, a tune that um, I, it was in the key of B major, and, and you know, subsequently I'd, I'd learned that, you know, you're much better off putting a capo on and playing it in, in A or, or whatever, but, you know, something less uh, muscular than the key of B, B, which is not an easy guitar key. But I was, you know, toughing it out because I thought that's what you were supposed to do, you know, because I was pretty green at that point and george was very patient with me and kind of guided me and you know i you know i was a little uncomfortable that we'd done you know the grand total of four takes and and he said well you know with the beatles it, it wasn't the number of takes it was which day you know it was wednesday better than thursday <laughs> right <laughs> you know right. so but but that especially on the earlier stuff when they really had very little time um, and, and George coming up with George Harrison coming up with all these parts and 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 on the Let It Be material or the Get Back material as it really is now, where the way in which George and John were you know coming up with with interlinked guitar parts is just you know it's remarkable, and and as a guitarologist I just I delight in that kind of stuff. Yes. Is um, how did you get the call to play in Wings? How did you get that gig? 
Well, you know, I was I was a studio musician in London, and I happened to be I had worked on a TV show uh, with a, an artist named David Essex. I was playing lead guitar in the house band. David Essex had a hit in America back in the seventies with a song called "Rock On." Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he uh, he had a TV series. And each week we would have a different musical guest. And like one week was Ronnie Spector, for example. Uh, the next week was Danny Lane, you know, who was in Wings. And uh, we did Go Now, which was the old Moody Blues hit that was kind of Danny's signature song. And I played the guitar solo and he liked what I did. And apparently uh, shortly thereafter called the musical director of the, the show and asked if I was versatile because they were looking for somebody that was more than a rock and roll guitar player that could cover a lot of uh, different areas because Jimmy McCulloch was no longer with the band as the lead guitarist. Mm -hmm. And about six months later, I was working at Abbey Road in Studio 2, um, very appropriately, you know, because yeah. the Beatles studio, and I, I, there was a phone call for me, which was very unusual. You just, you know, the days before cell phones, you, you didn't get phone calls at the studio. Um, in London, at least. Um, uh, but there was this phone call, and I, I had to go up into the control room, which I'd, even though I'd worked there many times, I'd never been in the control room. And I walked through, and I looked at the console, and they had uh, what we call quadrant faders, um, <laughs> which is sort of like, you know, the fader moves in a kind of semicircle as opposed to being a flat fader right. as, as a normal console. Um, and and it, was, uh, it was Paul's office, uh, saying, you know, Denny wants to know if you can come and jam on Monday. Oh, by the way, Paul and Linda will be there. <laughs> uh, which, you know, signaled that it was an audition. Now, I didn't know, really know any Wings tunes because, you know, my record collection was pretty heavily focused on guitar players of, you know, of the likes of whether it's John McLaughlin or, or Larry Carlton or players, you know, and, and, and bands like Weather Report and Return to Forever and, you know, the fusion stuff, because that was kind of an area that I was really kind of like stretching out my my own lead guitar concepts in. Um, and so I borrowed some LPs from my brother Graham over the weekend, but, but really it was, you know, I realized that I just couldn't know what it was going to be, what we were going to play. And as it turned out, it was we played some Chuck Berry tunes and some reggae grooves, and then Paul said, what are you doing for the next few years? <laughs> and, and at which point, I really I had a, 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 a deep decision to make, because on one hand, I had spent my teenage years and my college years establishing myself as a studio musician, which was my career goal, but there's Paul McCartney asking me to join his band. So in the space of a nanosecond, I... You know, <laughs> Your life I, changed. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm playing with you. <laughs> uh, uh, Lawrence, on the uh, Stolberg Tatum text line, a listener wants to know, what about uh, George Harrison? Was he un underappreciated and underrated? I, I think so. I think he he was um, un he underrated as a, as, as a lead guitar player. Above and beyond the work he did with the Beatles, I mean, you look at his progression. As a as a player, you know, with his roots in 
um, Chet Atkins and in Rockabilly and Skiffle and, you know, just he he really kind of learned how to master the instrument. I mean, he told me when he was 14, he was learn- having lessons from a jazz guitar player. Uh, in his home, they listened to a lot of Hoagy Carmichael, so you know, there was a lot of diminished chords in his songwriting because he was drawing on the music of the 20s and the 30s. Um, but but you know, being really kind of a pioneer in, in a, adopting Indian music and integrating that into into the Beatles repertoire. I mean, the sitar is not an easy instrument to play if you're a guitar player. Mm. You know, not, it's not an easy transition. And then, in the course of time, his voice, his his sonority, and his expression as a slide guitar player really um, just became a unique thing because he was bringing his um, experience with Indian music and the way the way in which they play with the pitch, and bringing that into. Um, his his slide guitar playing too, and and just developing an instantly recognizable voice. Yeah. So I, I think that you know, and I, I think it's true um, with him as it is with Paul that to really get the full perspective, you have to go beyond the Beatles, and you have to look at his work throughout the entirety of his career. Yeah, um, well said. Because the Beatles, the Beatles, you know, their recorded output, hap- output happened in a seven-year period, and it was um, it was a very focused and very concentrated time. I w- will say one more thing. I mean, I think that one thing that George recognized is that when you're working out guitar parts when you're recording, that you very rarely get it, things don't get done on the first take in that kind of context. I mean, it might take five or six takes, and you can hear, when you hit, listen to the outtakes, you can hear George as he develops his parts. And that, to me, is a fascinating lesson, because it, sometimes you do something and it just all comes out at once, but, mm-hmm. but more often than not, you have to kind of figure out how the arrangement is going to work. And I think that he um, was very courageous in the way that he was willing to make mistakes in order to find exactly the right note. We'll have to leave it at that. Lawrence Gerber, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you Saturday night at Cuesta College. Thank you for calling in. I am looking forward to it myself, so uh, see you then. All right, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, We'll come back and wrap things up with Jennifer Martin and Dorian Michael. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio. Dr. Larry Lockman joins us after news at the top of the hour. We have a few minutes left with uh, Jennifer Martin and Dorian Michael. Jennifer, let's, uh, well, first, thanks for getting Lawrence Struber to join us. Of course, of course. Wow. Yeah. Um, He's a fascinating man. Uh, Saturday night. Saturday night at 7.30 at the CPAC on the Cuesta College campus. It's our annual acoustic guitar concert. You'll hear a little electric guitar as well, but mostly solo playing by four of us. Uh, Lawrence Struber. Dorian Michael, Sam Shalhoub, and myself, a whole wide variety of music. And then here's a cool thing that happens. If you have a concert ticket, if you buy one of those very reasonably priced concert tickets, on Sunday then you can come back to campus at 1 o'clock and get a guitar workshop with Lawrence. 
And it's a, it's a fascinating way that he does this. Uh, he, if he senses there are advanced players in the room, he'll teach those people, and, and he'll teach to that skill. If, he's, uh, if, if there's people who have just uh, touched their first guitar, he'll teach you some of that stuff, too. How am I getting my tickets? Uh, tickets uh, at the website of tickets.cuesta.edu. Dorian, anything you want to say in closing? Just that there's going to be a huge variety of music, from classical music to jazz to folk to blues, it really spans a lot of guitar music, and I think that's something that you don't get to have all the time in one place. Jennifer, I got 30 seconds. That's right. Um, th- this, this world of solo guitar playing is really very fascinating. And, and as Dorian said, it's, it, you're going to hear a bunch of variety of music. You're going to hear roots music going all the way back to uh, the rural south of, of our country, to Great Britain, to the classical masters in Europe. Uh, we're we're going to play a little bit of everything, and you're going to like it. And probably some Beatles, too. I, there will be some Beatles. All right, yes. All right folks. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Thank Off we go. News, traffic, and weather back on the other side with Dr. Larry Lockman. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.